0: What's up? How are you doing? Good. How are you doing?
1: Fine. It's been the last talk, so let's go up. Let's do some catching up on what's happening the last two weeks for the Patriots We're on the NFL Talk Podcast. J- JD and I will do a lot of catching up since we didn't record the last episode. So We'll start <laughs> off with when the when the Patriots took on the Green Bay Packers. It looked like it was going to come down to the wire, but the Patriots ended up pulling away with that one. So did you think the Patriots were going to make it a close game against Green Bay or did you think the Patriots just put that game away when we played the Green Bay Packers?
0: Yeah, I was kind of expecting it to be a close game. I know you and I talked before that game that we both kind of expected to be a little bit of a shootout and the the defense did do a good job slowing down Aaron Rodgers and, even guys like Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. But the offense, I feel like you kind of knew against that Green Bay defense you were going to put up in the 30s for points. It was just a matter of what your defense was going to be able to do, and the defense held strong in that game and only gave up 17 points, which is really what allowed the Pats to put that game away.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that. But I thought that – and also, getting before we go any further, losing – we haven't seen Gronk since week eight. Do you think he'll play against the Jets?
0: I, I expect him to do so. I think this bye week comes at the perfect time for the Patriots. They're pretty banged up right now, which is why as we'll talk about not to get ahead of myself. I don't put too much stock into the, the Titans loss, but they, they're they very banged up. And I think Gronk was close to playing. But as we've talked about on this before, it it's more important that Gronk's healthy in January. So I'm fine with him sitting out if he's not 100% and they don't want to risk an injury these last few weeks.
1: Yeah, I agree. I kind of think they shouldn't risk. I wouldn't be surprised if Gronk didn't even play against the Jets because you know how bad the Jets are. I kind of think the Patriots should just hold him back against the Jets so that he could play against the Vikings because there's going to be critical games down the stretch, like saving for the Vikings, the Dolphins, the Steelers and then the Bills again at home, and then then the Jets again at home. So you got to save Gronk for those last five, six games of the season and January.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And you see even in the games he has played thus far, he hasn't gotten as many touches as you would expect, and maybe that's a mix of the Patriots, A, wanting to keep him healthy, and B, just the increased weapons that Tom Brady's had around him, like, in the Green Bay game, one thing that stood out was Josh Gordon. He had a phenomenal game um, against the Packers that week. He sure did.
1: And, and um, Edelman is also hurt, too, in that Tennessee game. He also had a good game against Green Bay. But talking about the Tennessee Titans against the Patriots last week, I thought the Patriots offense looked lost. And what went wrong in that game for the Patriots?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a mix of the Patriots' offense struggling and Tennessee obviously having a very good defense. You heard them talk about on the broadcast that the Titans have allowed the fewest touchdowns in the league this season, and that, that trend continued only giving up one touchdown and then a field goal to the Patriots. But I, I'd, I'd say you knew that the Titans were going to be one of the tougher defenses the Pats were going to play. They just really couldn't establish anything on the ground. And maybe that was a consequence of Sonny Michelle, not being fully healthy, 11 rushes for 31 yards. And I don't expect to see that from him every week. I think that's just coming back from an injury, still a little banged up facing a tough front seven in Tennessee. And then Tennessee just did a good job locking down the Patriots receivers and forcing incompletions. Brady was still had a very good passing day as far as numbers wise, 254 yards, but Tennessee did force him to have to throw the ball forty one times and they produced twenty incompletions, which was by far the most that Brady had all season. So it, it at the same time, it also just felt like one of those days for New England where nothing was nothing was really clicking. And maybe that's them being banged up, being ready for this bye week. Maybe it's Tennessee playing really well, but the offense doesn't scare me. I know the offense looked lost. What concerned me more was the the defense struggling against the Tennessee offense.
1: I would agree with that. I credit Mariota for having a great game. Like we talked about before, when Mariota is healthy, he is an elite quarterback for the Titans. He is is what it takes for the Tennessee Titans to be a great football team. Uh, Mariota has struggled throughout the years, but I do think that Mariota is really going to prove himself now, if he's healthy, with a healthy Mariota, what what you're going to get from Mariota is that he's on target with his passes, which I saw the last game, but I think what Mariota still needs to work on is not throwing a lot of interceptions and being accurate with the football. I know he can make really good plays when he runs, but he's just he's still learn. I think he's still learning, but I think he had to switch offensive coordinators he had to go through, but I think that This is the year that I think it's going to be time for him to be really good. But I think when he has a full season, then Mariota's really good.
0: No, absolutely. I agree completely. And I think we've talked about with the Titans before, it's been frustrating offensively for them just because they have enough name-brand talent on both sides of the ball to be good. And the people on offense just haven't been producing. And over the last few weeks, you've seen Dion Lewis, a former Patriot who's played phenomenal – 20 carries for 57 yards in that game they didn't utilize them as much as a pass catching back um, Derek Henry had one of his best games of the season with two touchdowns and averaged over five yards a carry and then Corey Davis had a phenomenal game catching seven for 125 so all those guys including Mariota those four guys are four name brand talents that you have on that team on offense who haven't really been producing what you'd expect through the first half of the season and they finally seem to turn it around and it's a pretty good offense when it clicks. Oh, absolutely.
1: Um, I think the uh, Titans defense is like one of the toughest defenses that the Patriots saw in the league last week. I was a little scared about that Titans defense. I know that defensive front for the Titans is a monsterly good defense, especially Jarrell Casey and then Wesley Woodyard. And then, credit Logan Ryan to sacking his former teammate, Tom Brady, even though I missed Logan Ryan on the Patriots, but I know he's doing really well with the Tennessee Titans. So is Ma- Malcolm Butler hasn't been that great, but I know he can get his career on track with the Titans. But I think right now it's been a struggle for Malcolm Butler. Josh Klein is a guy that's made a name for himself with the Titans. And, uh, and I think, that's what you could get from the Titans when I named those former Patriots on the Titans.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They Both the cornerbacks played well in that game. Deion Lewis, obviously, too. And I know he, he made the comments about the game being kind of personal for him, which was actually a little surprising for me. I would have expected to hear that from someone like Malcolm Butler when I just saw after the game it said, former Patriot blasts Patriots, saying it's personal and then being cheap. I, I would have expected that to come from Malcolm Butler, not Dion Lewis. But I, I do get get where it comes from you're playing your former team you want to show up have a good game this team didn't want to pay you what you thought you were worth so great game all around for them and yeah the Tennessee cornerbacks they they allowed Brady to get yardage but they didn't allow anything to come easy you saw Edelman I think his injury just came from he caught nine passes and got hit very hard right after he caught it each of the nine times pretty much. So they're certainly a hard-hitting defense that made them think twice about cutting into lanes and trying to catch in traffic.
1: Oh, I could see that. I mean, Edelman's injury isn't that bad from what I saw. It wasn't a dislocated ankle. I know that he'll get treatment of it during the bye week, and I expect him to be ready to go against the the big divisional game next Sunday against the Jets, which I look forward to uh, talking to you about later on in this episode because – Look looking at it, even despite what the records are between the Patriots and the Jets, it's always heated when those two teams play at each other.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. It's definitely a game that you're looking forward to. It's always nice to get into kinda the way they schedule it with the AFCs having those divisional matchups to end the season. So even though pretty much the other three teams in the division are struggling, like you said, you always get competitive in division games no matter what. So it'll it'll be fun to see.
1: Yeah, um I'm kind of wanting to see Sam Darnold play against Tom Brady next week. Like we'll talk about later. I want to I want to say that because I've always liked Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold is a tremendous quarterback, very good potential, and I think he's showing that he could be a better quarterback out of the USC quarterbacks that I've seen in the NFL. Sam Darnold is like the best one out there.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think he he definitely has amazing potential and I was actually talking to my roommate who's a a Jets fan this past week and he brought up that despite the Jets having a a terrible, terrible loss to the Bills this week, it, it could be a positive for all the people who are maybe calling Sam Darnold a bust because you're just replacing a different quarterback and without him, you really start to see the flaws of the rest of the team that's prevented him from really reaching his potential this early in his career. But... It certainly shows that the problems with the Jets so far haven't been his fault. So I agree with you completely that he has immense potential. He sure
1: does. I mean, I just can't wait to see what he can do against that Patriots defense. I know it's going to be a challenge when he's going to throw the ball, but I know he didn't play last the last game against the Bills because of a foot injury, but I do think he'll be ready to go whenever that that game comes. And Josh Allen, who we didn't see play against, I was looking forward to seeing him play, but I'm hoping to see Josh Allen play against the Patriots when the next time the Patriots play the Bills, which we'll get on to later in the show. But I also think what I thought went wrong when the Patriots played the Titans last week was their defense. The front line was not really that good. They let Mariota get a good yardage. Derrick Henry, the big back, just steamrolled that defense. And... That secondary couldn't even get to Corey Davis and some of their other talented receivers that they had.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, and that's that's the scary thing because I know Gilmore usually draws the coverage of the other team's best wide receiver, which would be Corey Davis in this case. And normally I do trust Gilmore. Gilmore obviously struggled if Corey Davis had that good of a game. But as I've talked about all season, it, it scares me a lot that when you have – Gilmore guarding their number one guy, you still need to worry about that second or third option from other teams. Maybe not Tennessee so much. You, If you can't get away with it with Tennessee, where Corey Davis is really the only receiver they have, it's a little scary when you start thinking about the Rams or the Vikings, who have a number two receiver in Stephon Diggs or Robert Woods, who's could be a number one receiver on most other teams. So that's the scary thing. If they're not able to lock down the team's primary receiver, I think they're going to have enough troubles guarding the second receiver that it's just going to be a floodgate and it's going to be tough to stop.
1: Yeah, I kind of think the, uh, I think when the Patriots have, when the Patriots play Pittsburgh week 15, I kind of expect more double team coverage on Antonio Brown, Jason McCordy, and Stefan Gilmore could really make sure that he's not open, which I'd expect to happen. We'll get that, we'll get talk about that a little later, but I think the Patriots' secondary was off to a slow, rocky start to begin the year, but I've seen a lot of improvement out of that group since we put Jason McCourty into the into the in, as our number two corner and moving Eric Rowe back into the slot.
0: Yeah, I I definitely like that move, and I think it's it's helped the cornerbacks immensely. And another thing too is the Pats just activated Duke Dawson from IR, so hopefully he can come back and even if not challenged for that second cornerback spot, be a, a very good slot corner.
1: Oh, for sure. But I also picked for my early awards for the Patriots, my defensive rookie of the year. I'm giving it to JC Jackson because I've seen, I've seen a lot of really good things out of him. I know he has the potential to be a really good slot corner, but I that was my early pick for Patriots defensive rookie of the year.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's really tough to – to go with this with the Patriots where all their guys
1: have pretty much been on all their
0: rookies have been on IR at some point in the season so far, but I, I would give it to JC Jackson as well. I, I would say that had he been healthy, Jawan Bentley or Duke Dawson could have challenged for that. Cause obviously we've talked about Jawan Bentley having a good start to the season, but where JC Jackson's really been the only consistently healthy Patriot rookie on either side of the ball, it's, it was really his award from the start there.
1: Yeah, I've seen J.C. Jackson has really taken a lot of advantage of the playing time and the opportunities he's given. Um, Juwan Bentley, I think when, he's, when he comes back next season, I think he's going to be a big impact guy defensively and, and, and get into the quarterback. Dante Hightower, I still think he can do it, but Hightower I think is more of that leader and, and facilitator, tells guys where to line up. And it's, and Dante Hightower to me is like the Patriots comeback
0: player of the year. Yes, absolutely. And he, he is unquestionably one of the leaders of that, of that defense. And they do rely on him a lot, which is why it was so great to have Jawan Bentley for that first month of the season. Cause at linebacker there, they're very, very thin outside of him. I know Landon Roberts and Kyle Noy have had their moments, but they're just so heavily reliant on Dante Hightower there with his injury history and getting up there in age, you can always rely on him as a leader. But you get nervous if that production ever drops off because of how thin they are at that position.
1: Yeah, but I, I'm i giving my 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 early defensive player of the year for the Patriots. I'm giving it to Kyle Van Noy because I think Kyle Van Noy. I think has turned out to be a sacks machine. Trey Flowers is also in my conversation too. I think Trey. I expect Trey Flowers to have a great down the stretch. I do think. He's a guy that is going to keep get, getting getting those sacks. Because I think one of the reasons why I think the Patriots are a good team in sacks is because of Trey Flowers.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And even without his sacks, just his ability to get pressure on the quarterback, it is great to see from a New England team that obviously last season struggled to pressure the quarterback. So whether it's sacks or pressuring the quarterback, I think he's been phenomenal. I, I'd say he'd probably be my pick for – um, first half defensive player of the year, just the impact he's had on this team, and potentially pricing himself out of uh out of the Patriots' range in the future.
1: Yeah, but my pick for the first half defensive player of the year, I'm, I'm giving it to Kyle Van Noy, and then I'm gonna I want to see what Trey Flowers can do. So that I could see if Trey Flowers could put together a very good season and then defensive player of the year for the Patriots.
0: Yeah, definitely, and I I do agree with you. I think Kyle Van Noy has had. a a very good start to the season whatever role the Pats have put him in whether it's as a linebacker or the times they've transitioned down to edge rusher it but it it still creates a problem in that I feel like all the linebackers that the Patriots have are more run stopping and rushing the quarterback which gets a little concerning in what we've talked about which is why a guy like Duke Dawson could be important just a third cornerback a guy to check down the team slot receiver and and spare the Patriots from having to stick these type of linebackers on a team's tight end or in coverage and stuff.
1: And what do you think about the Patriots using Cardinal Patterson at running back? Do you think that's really worked out?
0: Um, I mean, I guess it has to kind of – I feel like they only did it because Sonny Michelle was out, and I think he filled in pretty well. I mean, in the Green Bay game, he had 11 rushes for 61 yards, but – I was surprised they didn't use Kenyon Barner as much. But I guess when you get down to it, they wanted to incorporate Cordell Patterson into the offense. They know that he can be dynamic if you get the ball in his hands, as we saw earlier in the season with some of the jet sweeps that they were incorporating him into. But at that point, when Sonny Michelle went down, James White's really your only running back, and he catches passes instead of is a true running back more so. So I guess... Cordell Patterson was more just circumstantial move, but I, I think he he filled in well in the time. I don't expect that to continue, and I think you you did see that his numbers drop um, with Sonny Michelle's return, so it would be interesting to see what they do, and especially with Rex Burkhead potentially coming back after the bye, I don't think you'll see it used as much anymore, but I liked the move as a stopgap.
1: Yeah, I think Cordell Patterson's done a good job for the Patriots. I think what I see Cordell Patterson as, as a kick and punt returner.
0: Yes, absolutely. Certainly a kick returner. He's done very good early in the season. I know he had the struggles in some games, but one I take back to is the, the Bears game. He had the fumble, and then the next kickoff, he runs it back for a touchdown. So he certainly gives you a dynamic presence that you haven't really had from kick returners in years past. I know Dion Lewis did a very good job. His was more... I would say, elusiveness than speed, but Cordero Patterson's just a straight burner. He'll just fly right by you, and it's great to be able to turn the game on a dime, especially if you're a Patriots team that this year's had to play more close games than Patriots teams in the past.
1: Yeah, this Patriots team this year has been playing a lot of close games, especially in the good teams, but they normally, they usually take advantage of the bad teams, but I would take back games that the Patriots should have not lost to, were the Jaguars, the Titans, and the uh, Detroit Lions.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would say the Jaguars is more of a hindsight move because they did look phenomenal in that game, but they've been absolutely terrible since offensively. Maybe Leonard Fournette coming back will help spark that team, but they've just been banged up with injuries on both sides of the ball. The defense hasn't been that shutdown defense that you've seen from them in the past few years. And the offense, like I just said, has struggled mightily. So I feel like that's that one for me in the moment. I wasn't too disappointed, but looking back on it and knowing the direction the two teams have gone in since then, they're certainly a team that you should have beaten.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but, um, but I wasn't, I thought that uh, the Jaguars are good. Whenever you, when their key guys are so healthy, like Marquise Lee, Leonard Fournette, gets that offense going. Blake Bortles is good, but not great.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And this team right now, even though the defense hasn't been up to its caliber and fully healthy, that they've still done pretty well. It's just, just the offense. Just looking here, they've only scored 160 points this season, and that's down there with Buffalo and Oakland, which is a territory that you certainly don't. Don't want to be in.
1: Yeah, but I think the Patriots are still in play for that number one spot in the, in the AFC. I do think the Patriots will get that, that number one spot in the AFC. I do. There's a game I'm looking forward to this week, even though the Patriots are not playing the, in the, this week. Looking forward to seeing when the Rams play the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And I do expect the Rams to beat the Chiefs by one score.
0: Yeah, that that's a big game, and I think the Rams are the better team, and if you're the Patriots, you're obviously rooting for them. The loss of Cooper Cup hurts, and it it's probably going to be a shootout, but I think the biggest weakness of the four units in this matchup is the Kansas City defense. So I think the L.A. defense will be able to slow down Kansas City's offense a little bit more than Kansas City's defense will be able to do for la's offense so I, I do agree with you i think LA's gonna win and that would put kansas city one game ahead of the patriots yeah one game ahead they'd be eight, nine and two and patriots would be seven and three but it, it'll be interesting to see how everything goes with these teams and i could see the patriots maybe sliding into the two seed this year and I, I don't think that's going to affect them. I know people are concerned with the Patriots' road struggles this season. I don't think that will be much of a problem come playoff time. But if you're the Patriots, I still think you're you're in good shape for a bye, uh, whether that's the one or two seed. And, and they control their own destiny despite having the weird situation with Pittsburgh with the tie and everything. I think the Patriots will be able to go into Heinz Field and beat the Steelers in a few weeks and then... They obviously control um, what goes on from there.
1: I still think the Patriots will get the number one seed in the AFC because I kind of mm-hmm. think Kansas City will will lose a couple more games. I think we'll beat Pittsburgh because I know the Patriots owe the tiebreaker over the Chiefs since we already played the Chiefs yes. in, that, in, in the first part of the season. So that's why I still think the New England Patriots will still get that number one spot in the AFC.
0: Yeah, definitely. And one of the things, that Just looking here at the standings that helps the Patriots as far as whether it's a one-seater or 2 seed clinching the bye is outside of the Patriots in Kansas City, the, the third best team in the AFC may be the Chargers. So if you're going to have the Rams char- I and mean, the Chargers and the Chiefs playing each other a few times, they're going to cause one of them to lose. And at the same time, even if those two teams finish with the best records in the AFC somehow ahead of the Patriots, one of them would have to be a wild card team regardless which is unfortunate for whoever loses that battle but it certainly helps the patriots as far as one of those teams is gonna have to get knocked off a little bit
1: that's why go on a 6-0 uh stretch after their bye week and then i want kansas city to lose at least three games but i don't it's uh, highly unlikely the chargers will come into arrowhead to beat the Chiefs, because the Chiefs play so well at Arrowhead Stadium, they're undefeated most of the time. So don't expect the the Chargers to beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium.
0: No, no, and that'll be certainly an exciting matchup. That's one I'm I'm looking forward to um, almost as much as uh, Rams Kansas City this Monday night.
1: Yeah, that's gonna be a great. Uh, I, that game was supposed to be in Mexico City, but due to the field conditions there, it's going to be much better at the Coliseum.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think when you see those field conditions, uh, you can't have the players playing in that, especially with all the other issues there of the altitude. And I believe one of the two teams was already practicing in Colorado to get ready for it. Was that the Rams?
1: Yeah, the Rams were practicing in Colorado in preparation for the Mexico City game. Yeah, so. That canceled.
0: Mm-hmm. so there's certain there were certainly some other adverse conditions for these teams, so I'm sure they're glad to be at a normal altitude with good field conditions playing in l a even if you're Kansas City, knowing that you're going into more of a road environment now it's still got to be a little more comforting to know um the circumstances of the field are a
1: little better yeah they are but i I expect the uh i think the Rams i think they'll win by three points say. I think it's going to be thirty-one twenty-eight. I say, or I think it's. I think it's going to be thirty-one twenty-eight because I think Jared Goff gives the ball to Todd Gurley at the one-yard line with five seconds to go, and then it's a touchdown.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I could see it turning out somewhat like the Vikings and Rams game did earlier in the season, which that one was thirty-eight to thirty-one, and just kind of a back-and-forth shootout a little bit and. Kansas City probably has a better offense than Minnesota did that week so I'd say like 38-34 and the Rams win.
1: Yeah, that's a game I'm looking forward to even though the Patriots are not playing in the bye, not playing this week. But I want to talk about now the Patriots against the Jets. That's going to like I said it's going to be a high it's going to be <laughs> despite what the records are it's always heated when the Patriots and Jets play that rivalry has been in existence for a long time. I know Tom Brady owns the Jets, but I think the Jets haven't beaten us since the 2015 season almost on after Christmas. The last time the Jets beat us, but I think most of the time the Patriots will come in and just beat the Jets at their territory and then we beat them at J- at Foxborough.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think especially the way this matchup is going to set up Patriots coming out of a bye off a pretty bad loss, they're going to look motivated to make a statement and have all their guys back healthy. So I, I'd expect the Patriots to come away pretty easily with a win. But like you said, these games are always tight no matter how you cut it. You, you can't get away from that being these divisional matchups. They just know each other so well. It'll be interesting to see if Sam Darnold is healthy, which I think he will be, how the Patriots game plan for facing him for the first time. But I, I don't think they'll have much of a problem in this
1: game. No, I don't think so. But I think what scares me on the Jets is their secondary. They got a good secondary.
0: Yes, absolutely. They, they made some good pickups in the, um, the offseason. I believe they got Avery Williamson line, at linebacker. And then didn't they get Tremaine- a guy? F- yeah, I remember they picked up a guy from the Rams, but I wasn't. Uh, his name was escaping me.
1: Tremaine Johnson, I think, has turned out to be a good corner for the Jets. Although he could have stayed and made a good combo with uh, keep the keep
0: Yeah, definitely. I I think it, it kind of worked out for both teams because I feel like the Rams have been able to, like you said, even though they could have formed a good, good one, two punch. I think the Rams have done a good job filling in for him. Um, whether that be with Marcus Peters or even John Johnson hopping down from safety, something like that. I, I think, the Rams have certainly been able to replace him. Yeah, you'd still like to have his production, but um, I think they were wise to spend their money in, in other areas, and it's worked out pretty well for them so far. And and for the Jets, it's another name-brand player to add to this defense. Like we said, Tremaine Johnson, Avery Williamson, both big-money additions for the Jets to pair with young guys like Jamal Adams and Leonard Williams. So certainly have a good mix of – nice high draft picks and um high priced veterans so it'll be interesting to see um and that that'll be a matchup to look forward to because this Jets defense isn't the same defense that you've you've seen from the Jets in the past especially with those two signings so I'd be interesting to see how the game shakes out
1: yeah I think so I mean the, I think for the receiving core of the Jets, I think Robbie Anderson and Quincy Anunua, I think those are the two best receivers that Sam Darnold throws to.
0: Yes, absolutely. I think he will have the ability to do that and look for Stephon Gilmore to lock down one of them. And then in the other matchup, you have as we've talked about, Jason McCordy in there, I think they'll need to air the ball out a little bit, especially where they've been so banged up at running back. Um, Obviously, they have Isaiah Crowell, but they've they've lost some people, some key players to injury. So it'll be interesting to see their game plan on that side of the ball. But I do see them being more of a pass-heavy offense.
1: Yeah, I think the I think losing um, Bly Powell was a big blow to that Jets offense. I know he 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 could retire at the end of the year because he had a it could be a career-ending neck injury that he might have had. And- yes,
0: potentially.
1: And Isaiah Crowell, I think when he's healthy, that run game of the Jets is solid. So I think the Jets next Sunday when we see them, I think it's going to be more of a – I think the Jets are going to be airing that ball a lot.
0: Yeah, definitely. Because like you said, Isaiah Crowell and Blal Powell, they, they form a good one-two punch. And if if you're the Jets where you don't have an elite, elite running back, I know people were talking about maybe them going after Le'Veon Bell. That That didn't happen. So if you have those – you need that good one-two punch if you're not gonna have a bell cow back to carry the ball twenty twenty-five times a game. So, I think with one of them out, they Sam Darnold will definitely be forced to to throw the ball a lot. And
1: I I would agree with that, but I don't think the Jets are gonna get Le'Veon Bell. I kind of see two contending teams going after Le'Veon Bell. The front uh-huh. is the Houston Texans, and then the other one is the Green Bay Packers.
0: Yeah, I mean. I would have said the Green Bay Packers definitely a couple weeks ago, but I, I like what Aaron Jones has done as their back. He, he's he been very good in the limited minutes they'd given him in the past, and finally after trading time Montgomery, Mike McCarthy finally gave him a chance, and he's been very good ever since. I mean, I would say trying to look at different teams, the Jets were an option. I guess, well, I mean, we'll have to wait, and we'll be able to talk about this more once the offseason rolls around now that he never reported, but the— there's some teams out there that I, I think could could certainly use him. It'll be interesting to see which teams are are willing to spend a high price for a guy who will have been off the field for a year and a half.
1: That's why I think uh, the Houston Texans are going to sign uh, Le'Veon Bell. Because I think you need to develop Deshaun Watson. I think where I, where I think Houston wants to go is I think they want to contend. I see that the Texans are ready to go and ready to contend and be – a team that will repeat winning the uh, AFC South for years to come. Because I think Houston went healthy. They got all the pieces together around Deshaun Watson. But I think Deshaun Watson is definitely going to be a a force for the Texans for quite a long time.
0: Yeah, the Texans certainly have turned it around since their struggles to begin the season. And Lamar Miller's done a great job at running back, but I'd imagine if you were the Texans, you would – take whatever chance you get if Le'Veon Bell came along and and wanted to sign with you, you'd you'd gladly take him because that would be a dynamic offense if you have him in Bell, you have Deshaun Watson, you'd have Will Fuller back from his injury, and you'd have – DT. Yes, exactly. You'd have DT. And uh, who's the guy that I'm missing? And DeAndre
1: Hopkins too. DeAndre
0: Hopkins, yes, yes.
1: That's why I think the Texans, I think – now I think they're going to turn the Jets and get Le'Veon Bell on the Texans so that the Texans are going to be really good next year.
0: Yeah, I mean, if they get Le'Veon Bell, they, they certainly are easily one of the top two, three contenders in the East.
1: Yeah, that's what, that's what I think. And then I think, I think the AFC South will run through Houston and Tennessee just because they're <laughs> Patriots 2.0, Patriots 3.0.
0: Yeah, it's it's really amazing how much turnover there's been in the AFC South, where just a few years ago, it was the Colts and everyone else, and then the last couple of years, it's been everyone else but the Colts, and then finally, when it looks like the Jaguars are going to establish themselves as the top team in the AFC South, and maybe even the AFC for years to come, they fall off, and now it's the Texans and the Titans, so it'll be interesting to see if either of those teams will be able to maintain longevity, and I think Especially the Texans, but also the Titans as well, are both built for sustained success more than the Colts and the Jaguars were.
1: I think the Jaguars will. I think the Jaguars will make it a make it like a three team race in the AFC South if you look at it. Because I think next year when they get a full letter, full healthy on Le- Leonard Fournette, I think he's good. I think the Colts could make it a four team race too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think especially with the healthy Andrew Luck, if both those teams are able to go out there, I would say the Colts more from the defensive side of the ball and find help over there. Because you have Andrew Luck, you have T.Y. Hilton, and Marlon Mack, and Naeem Hines. The Colts, when healthy, have a very good offense, but I think the defense they need to improve on. And at the same time, on the other side of the ball for the Jaguars, maybe they finally decide that Blake Bortles isn't the answer and go in a different direction but. Like you said, I I don't think either of those teams are are too far off, and it could certainly be a um, a four team race at some point.
1: Yeah, at some point. Well, but I also think I also think looking ahead, at, at, aside from the Rams and Saints game and uh, Chiefs game, I'm looking forward to on Sunday. I kind of I wonder if the Lions played this weekend. Do you think they are?
0: Um, let me check the schedule. Yes, they are playing the Panthers in Detroit.
1: Oh, I kind of I want to, I want to see if the, I want to see the, uh, Panth- I want to see the Lions beat the Panthers.
0: Yeah. I'd, I'd love to see that. I know we've, we've talked about in the past rooting for all the, all the different people off the bill Belichick lineage tree. And Matt, Patricia has certainly done. I would say a, a pretty good job after the rough starts of the season for the team. I know they're only three and six right now, losers of three in a row, but they, they, They did beat the Patriots and they're in a very tough division as it is with the bears and the Vikings and the Packers. So they've done a decent job staying above water and they come in facing a Carolina team that struggled mightily against Pittsburgh last Thursday night. So it'll be interesting to see how Carolina rebounds. Um, And just if Detroit's defense will be able to hold off Carolina's good offense with Newton and McCaffrey and, Funches and more so That that's certainly an underrated Matchup to watch this Week I feel like
1: I feel Like that I feel like that too You know I think the uh, I think the uh, I think the uh, Panthers I think Will come in with a fight but I do I Want to see Detroit just get their season on track Because yes. of Matt Patricia And again no, i looking forward to next Thursday On Thanksgiving is seeing the Lions Play the Chicago Bears
0: that that will be a good matchup. I, I would like to see that. You go Matt Patricia, obviously a, a defensive guy coming in, going up against arguably the best defense in the NFL. And let's see, just looking through those different games, all three of them end up being pretty good matchups this year, which isn't something that you've been able to say in the past. Not necessarily high-profile teams, but important divisional matchups. That one's obviously important. And then you have the Cowboys and Washington. It's a big game for the Cowboys because Washington has a two-game lead in the division right now. The Cowboys' offense looks much, much better with Amari Cooper since they made that trade. So it will be interesting to see if the Cowboys are able to get that win in the Thanksgiving game and kind of put themselves closer to divisional division-winning potential. And at the same time, you have the Saints who are running away with the NFC South play in the Falcons and the Falcons might be too late to salvage their season, but they're still a very good team. And if they could knock off the Saints, maybe get on a little run and contend for a wild card spot. But all those, all three of those games really have important playoff implications, which isn't something that I feel like can always be said for Thanksgiving trio of games.
1: Yeah. I think the, I think, I think the lions, I think will upset the bears. I think the Chicago bears, are a good team. I think the bears are going to be, I think if the, I think the bears could win the NFC South. I'm not counting out green Bay just yet.
0: Yeah, no, I, I feel like I still tend to lean closer to, um to Minnesota just cause I, I was partial to them coming into the season. I, I was very high on them to start, but I think it, it's definitely a three team race. And if the lions can win, maybe make it a, a four team race, not necessarily for the division, but, pushed to a wild card spot once you get to all that chaos that breaks down with the fifth and sixth seeds there but i I do agree i think the lions could pull out that game just being at home on thanksgiving and i feel like while the bears are a very good team that they're due for kind of a a letdown game
1: yeah i could see that i mean you know i kind of want to see matt patricia get the lions on track three and six Kind of want to see him coach against the Chicago Bears because I've always liked Matt Patricia.
0: Definitely, definitely. And it's a quick turnaround for the Bears too. Just looking here, they have the Sunday night game this week against the Vikings and then the first Thursday game at noon on Thanksgiving. So very quick turnaround for them having to go from Chicago to Detroit. Um, So it'll be interesting to see if they're able to handle that quick turnaround. But I could see them – even losing back-to-back games, like I said, I think the Bears are a very good team, but at six and three, they—I feel like they have exceeded expectations, and I—I I would look for them to kind of come back down to earth a little bit.
1: Yeah, I could agree, but um, I also think that um, I also think that the week eleven games that I'm looking forward to—I think it's going to be a fun week eleven.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's um, as we just mentioned that Bears-Vikings game I had no idea was going on this uh this Sunday night that's one to certainly look forward to and then underrated game in the 425 slot you got the Eagles at the Saints and we've talked about the Saints before how good they've been this season and you have an Eagles team that was kind of supposed to be in that position but has struggled all season and is really this may be one of their last chances at sustaining their their postseason chances because it feels like in the NFC East, the only way you're going to get into the playoffs is win that division. They're not going to get a wild-card team in just with some of the other competition coming in, especially from the NFC North and the NFC South. So it's really one of the last chances for the Eagles to be able to make up ground before they fall too far behind. So that that's a game that I'm interested to watch this week.
1: Yeah, I could agree with that because um, Philadelphia struggled. I thought Carson Wentz was going to help the Eagles get back to where they – we're going to pick up where they left off from last season. But Carson Wentz is still trying to find his group. But I think when next season rolls around, I think Carson Wentz and the Eagles will be even better.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think the Eagles will bounce back. I I don't know if it was me just saying it from a Patriots fan's perspective and just being low on the Eagles from beating us in the Super Bowl. But I wasn't too high on them coming into the season. I think they they do have sustained – potential for sustained success. I just didn't think the offense was as good as it was last season, especially with Carson Wentz coming back, not fully healthy. So I agree with you that I think next season they will be back on track, but this season just coming in, it's been kind of an odd season for them, just muddled around 500. They've been up and down all season and it's just not setting up for them to have a a good run to the playoffs
1: will belong to the Washington Redskins or the Dallas Cowboys.
0: Yeah, those two teams are certainly the the top two contenders for that division. I think Dallas is the team that opposing teams may be more scared to face in the postseason because in past weeks we've said Alex Smith is the type of quarterback that's always going to get you to like 11-5, 12-4, give you a shot to get into the playoffs but maybe not win you those playoff games. If you're the Cowboys now with Amari Cooper finally getting his season back on track, Ezekiel Elliott with the reduced pressure off him from defenses not having to stack the box anymore, had a phenomenal game this past week and against Philly, and Dak Prescott's played a little better of late, and that defense is underrated, but one of, I would say, a top five unit in the league, especially with Leighton Van Der Esch. He's been a great pickup for them. Um, potentially in the running for defensive rookie of the year, but it, it does come down to that Thursday night game on Thanksgiving because I think the Cowboys are the better team than the Redskins, but it's just a matter of if they're in too big a hole right now to get past Washington.
1: Yeah, I could, I could agree with that, but I also, I also could see that the, uh, I also think Dallas has been better since getting Amari Cooper, but, um, I also think – I kind of want to see Atlanta get back on track because I think this next couple months of the season, like November, December, I think it's going to be a crazy down the stretch I'm looking forward to. And I kind of want to see our Patriots just go out there and just keep winning those games down the stretch. I think that loss will really help them get motivated down the stretch.
0: Yes. Oh, absolutely. I think if you're the Patriots, yeah, I wouldn't put too much stock into it just where – it was a banged up team on the road coming and going into a bye week that it does set up to be kind of a trap game, but I think like you said, they they will be motivated from that game and come out and I could see them winning out. I certainly think they're going to win all four division games left, whether those are going to be close or not. I think they do have the Steelers number of late, especially without Le'Veon Bell coming back uh, that I think they'll be able to beat Pittsburgh, whether, Pittsburgh putting up 51 points last week ends up being a mirage or not remains to be seen, but that'll be a big game as far as clinching a a buy in the playoffs go. And then I'm most interested in the Minnesota New England game because I think that has the potential to be a Super Bowl matchup. I know neither team right now is considered maybe the favorite in their respective conference. I feel like that designation would probably go to Kansas city and LA right now, but I think, It's got the potential to be a Super Bowl matchup. Both teams are very talented. The Patriots, you know what they can do in January. And Minnesota, their defense is starting to come into its own after a rough start to the season. The offense has been there finally with a capable quarterback in Kirk Cousins.
1: Oh, I I, I could agree with that. but (laughs) I also also think that the Patriots and the Saints will be the number one seeds in both the AFC and NFC because – it was too close to call for me between the Rams and Saints because both teams are playing very good right now in the NFC. But that's why I think New Orleans has a more of a really good chance to getting that number one seed. And I kind of want to see that Drew Brees versus Tom Brady showdown in the Super Bowl. I wouldn't mind seeing the Rams play the Patriots in the Super Bowl just because you know how Tom Brady plays well against the Wade Phillips coached defense. And Wade Phillips is the defensive coordinator for the Rams. But I also want to see two goats play against each other. Cause yeah, I ab- like Drew Brees.
0: Absolutely. Drew Brees and Tom Brady would certainly be a dream matchup in the Super Bowl. And you're, you're kind of running out of time to see it. So it it's now or never pretty much. And it would be a fun matchup. It would definitely be a, a shootout between these two teams. Just kind of – I know last year, despite being a shootout, probably can't happen again with only one punt in the whole game. But – it's going to be one of those type of games where the defenses are going to have a hard time making stops. And both teams are going to be 35, 40 points. If that matchup happens.
1: I think that matchup should happen. The breeze Brady showed on. And I think the NFC championship game, I think I say it would be, I, I, I think it would be in LA to start off, but I kind of changed my mind on that. I think the NFC championship game will be down in new Orleans.
0: Yeah. I think new Orleans certainly has the inside track now after beating LA. Um, 'Cause even though they're both tied with one loss right now, it's certainly like I
1: said, I think both teams will go fourteen and two. The 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 Saints will go fourteen and two, the Rams will go <laughs> fourteen and two, but both teams, but the Saints oh the tiebreaker, so they're gonna get that home field advantage. So the road to Super Bowl fifty three down in Atlanta will go through New Orleans, and I think the road to Super Bowl fifty three in the A's will run through New England.
0: Yeah, I certainly hope the Pats are able to to get that number one seed. I know things don't seem that great right now. If you look at the standings for getting that one seed, I think they, they'll they definitely get a buy. Like I've said, maybe the two seed, one seed. Depends how Kansas City shakes out. I, I'm excited to see what Kansas City does this week because Kansas City usually does fade late in the year, but now they're playing arguably the best team in the NFL uh, in a true road environment pretty much on a Monday night. So it'll be interesting to see how they stack up against that competition and maybe be a little precursor of how Patrick Mahomes will hold up in the playoffs and during the stretch run.
1: Well, let me tell you, my, my pick for the AFC championship game is going to be the Patriots and Chiefs, but it will be in New England.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think Patriots and Chiefs has to be the AFC championship matchup at this point. It's just a matter of location. And you say New England, I'll, I'll stick with Kansas City for now just because I think it just narrative-wise, you get the Patriots team that's always – struggling on the road this season so far, having to go into Arrowhead where they've never played well and potentially beat Kansas City to go to the Super Bowl. I just kind of like the narrative of that setting up, and maybe it's just because I'm, I'm I'm, big into the narrative, so maybe that's why I'm choosing that.
1: I'm just choosing the, the Patriots and Chiefs game at Gillette Stadium because – I just want to see the Patriots go to the Super Bowl again, and I think the best chance to do that is winning at Gillette Stadium. And I think that's where the Patriots play best at, and I think that's my, that's why I want the AFC Championship game back in New England for a, sec- for a third year in a row. Into yeah,
0: a- no, I, I certainly agree that the Patriots would have a better shot of getting to the Super Bowl um, if it was at Gillette. Um, but I guess it just – Remains to be seen how Kansas City finishes out this season, and as you said, I could see them scuffling a little bit just where it's kind of been their M.O. in previous seasons, Um, but at the same time, Patrick Mahomes is a new new animal for them, so I'm not sure how he's going to handle the pressure. It seems like he's been handling it well so far, but we'll just have to see how it shakes out in the final few weeks of the season.
1: Yeah, I could, I could see. I, I mean, Kansas City right now is playing their best football right now. But I kind of, like I said before, the Chiefs are gonna, are just gonna stumble a little bit. I think they're gonna end up with three losses.
0: Yeah, I think I think they're bound for for something like that. Just where you have such a young quarterback, you've been playing at such a high high level for so long in this season that you're you're bound to come back down to earth at some point. Kind of to a lesser degree, kind of like the Bears like I was saying earlier that both teams are young and have vastly exceeded expectations that I I think you'll you'll see them both come back down to earth a little bit
1: yeah that's why I I could see that but as we wrap this up so what do you want the uh, Patriots to work on in the bye week
0: I think the biggest thing and I know it's probably what's going to be said by everybody is is just get healthy Get Shaq Mason, get Gronk, get Julian Edelman, get your guys off IR, whether it be Duke Dawson or Rex Burkhead, get them all healthy and just be ready. And I know we've mentioned a lot that the game is probably going to be a tight one because it's the Jets, it's a divisional matchup. But at the same time, use it as a testing ground. And it's kind of, it reminds me a little bit of the Colts game that the Patriots had coming off of their losses to the Lions and and teams like that. And it's just a game that you should win pretty handily and just use it to get back on track and work out those little kinks. But the biggest thing for me is just getting and staying healthy because I think this Patriots team, especially offensively, has the talent to hang with anybody in the league. And if if you're looking for more of an in-game adjustment, I would certainly have to go with just – getting the defense right again because i think you're going to be facing a team that's a little bit one-dimensional with the jets passing the ball a lot you're facing a young corner quarterback if your ability if you have the ability to get pressure on them because i know the jets have offensive line has barely been giving sam Darnold any time to operate this season if you're able to get pressure on him force some mistakes you're not forcing your corners to cover guys for six or seven seconds just get to darnold and force him to have to get the ball out for little short passes in two or three seconds, and I, I think you'll be good.
1: Yeah, I would agree. But I think for me, the the thing I want to see the Patriots work on during the bye week is third down offense. I want to see better third down offense. I want to see better <laughs> pass rush. That and also and also um, staying healthy. That's the three things I want to see.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like despite the bad loss a few days ago, it's it's a pretty simple game plan you you know what you have to do to to get back on track which is is comforting in a sense that you know what went wrong and it there are easy fixes whether it's getting healthy or improving the the third down chances either of those are something that i have confidence that bill belichick will be able to work out the kinks in
1: all right so we'll talk next week and we'll preview the patriots and jets game next week so we'll look forward to the games this week and then we'll talk about what happens next week before thanksgiving
0: Absolutely. Sounds good.